Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. Did you slip and fall? Oh, God. I've fallen and I can't get up. No, no. I Yeah, yeah, kind of. No, you the, see, no the listener the listener wouldn't know that if you hadn't no, said no, anything. No, no, that's right. I'm, I, you know no, what? no. What happened? Just, what just, happened? You know what? Was, just record over this part. Yeah, I mean, hang on. I gotta no, it's okay. PC. I got to get you louder. Oh, my God. I, I thought I was ready, and now I'm not so sure. How uh, well, well, can we walk through it? Can uh, you know what? You're as ready as you're as you're. I'm not yeah. ready either. You're as ready How's it going? as you'll <laughs> as you'll ever be. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Yum yum yum. Um. No. What had happened? Yeah. Okay. So let's get started. No. See, I I realized there were still some residual things I need needed to or prefer to quit. Mm. App wise, and then accidentally oh, sure. I'd quit. I quit, quit Skype. Quit the main app two seconds after <laughs> you started talking, which must have seemed weird. It seemed a little weird, but you know, I've grown to uh, I've grown accustomed to computers being somewhat unreliable. Oh boy! And okay. so I <laughs> okay. just chalked it up to just a regular. But that's old the internet. you know what that's the nut behind the keyboard. You know what I'm saying? Mm, 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 Pilot mm. error, as they say. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I thought I you could, meant I like, could always be better. I could always I'm, be better. I'm looking out the window at squirrels in the trees, and I thought you meant a nut, like a literal nut. And I was like, what are these San Francisco software pundits going to come up with next? The nut behind the keyboard. What does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, well, you it's meant a, me or you. It's a technical term, but I don't know, man. I watched, I, I've been watching a lot of stuff that involves tech community douchebags and i think i really need to take a break i watched too many tech douchebags things yesterday are you talking about like sitcoms or are you talking about a youtubes of uh of real tech douchebags doing talks well or, i don't want to as, as you know i'm not a fan of call out culture sure, so i don't sure, i don't sure. if i'm calling you out on this and revealing something i hope you'll tell me so i was watching a documentary about we work Oh, WeWork, the uh, site. It's a, it's like a place. It's like a, it's like it's a, a cafe. It's a lifestyle. It's I, I don't want to open up litigation possibilities here, but it's um, right. WeWork was a heck of a thing that that at one point had reached a forty billion dollar valuation. When what they mainly did was leased office buildings and then subdivided yeah. it and sold desks. It was a heck of a thing, but it was also a hack of a thing. Oh, Am I right? Man, that's so good. Thanks. That's so good. So anyways, what had happened was I was watching, mm -hmm. I actually ended up watching a documentary about WeWork all the way through twice yesterday. <laughs> Whoa. Because, <laughs> well, this happens a lot in my house because I'm, I'm sort of the, what does one say? I'm like the Admiral Perry of TV. Like I discover a lot of the stuff and then I make my family watch it. Mm -hmm. So I watched it kind of with my kid in the morning. And then last evening I said, I said to my wife, I said, you should check this out. It's real good. I still have a very, you know how funny it is? Like you have specific recollections of things. Sure. Like for me, that's, I think one of my few somewhat often uncanny abilities is associating a bit of audio with where I was at a certain time. Oh yeah. You are good at that. We should talk about that. Cause I think that's interesting. I'm gonna write that down. Audio yeah. and place. And mm -hmm. time, audio, place, and time, and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I have a specific recollection of a while back, probably I don't know a year and a half ago. Um, my lady friend, as part of her job, one of her one of her remaining event planner jobs is that she 
she does a really good job managing this off-site meeting, a retreat, if you like, with a bunch of the doctors she works with, etc. And I have a specific recollection of being at this place, kind of up near where the birds was filmed. Yeah, right. Bodega Bay. And yeah. uh, and I have a couple specific recollections. I remember there was a man with astonishing dyed black hair and a Speedo at the pool. I, cool. I remember, of course, I remember going and visiting the church from the birds. Um, I remember that my daughter had just gotten really into Pokemon Go. So I got yeah. into Pokemon Go. And I remember very specifically that WeWork had just released something called the their S1, which is the form that you release before going public. And it was completely banana balls. I'm starting to think that I'm not calling you out, which is good. So, so because you you would know all of this, me, me, or someone else. You, you. I'm gonna oh, tell. Me. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. But okay. I remember like being so agog. This included things like the the douchebag who ran the company was getting paid six million dollars to license the trademark on Wii to his company. His what? wife was going what? to what? be the only person who could declare his successor. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff. And so the WeWork thing was pretty wild. And not to spoil this for everybody, it is history, but it went from, it basically in six weeks, over this six-week period of time, it completely imploded. I recommend it. It's a documentary. I think it's on, I want to say Hulu. But there's a point that's so, it's so good. They talk to these journalists and one of the journalists says, you know what he says? He says mm-hmm. that something along the lines of, you know, there's a phrase you hear, the Nantucket sleigh ride. Oh, yeah. And he says, One that's when, so the idea is you go out and you're a whaler, you whale, and you yeah. go out and you shoot a harpoon at a whale. And the way that's, that's supposed to, right, you're supposed to like then draw that whale to you. But, but what is it, what happens sometimes, John? Oh, that whale takes you on a ride, Merlin. He takes you on a ride and all of a sudden... You're you're gonna get your big ship is gonna get pulled by a whale until it ends. You never know what a whale's gonna do. You never Although know me, what a whale's gonna do. That's right. Let me just uh, and what's just, that called, John? What's it called when a whale does that to a ship? Well, it's called a Nantucket sleigh ride. But I do have a point of order, Merlin. Sorry, you there? <clears throat> um, which is that when you are whaling, when you're actively engaged in whaling, yes, you're not firing a harpoon or throwing it. Oh, from the ship you're down in a uh, uh, an oar powered. Oh, sorry. Boat. See, I should have finished Moby Dick. I, I skipped so many chapters in Moby Dick. This is the thing. So you get you get excited about a Nantucket sleigh ride because you imagine that there's a three masted, you know, uh, I'm like whaling sorry. ship. And this is more but of a dinghy. It's a well, you know, they'll put eight eight ten guys in it. But okay. I'll tell you, when the whale takes off. Oh, you that's know, even more impressive. Oh yeah, it's scary. and then you got to go I mean, find those guys, from right? That, they're well, going to be moving probably a good deal faster than a three-mast ship can move. Yeah, then the ship's got to find them. That's exactly right. And in fact, I have this beautiful illustration of, um, of a sailor standing up in one of these boats holding a lantern uh, on a pole because, uh, because the whale took him for a ride and then the sun went down. Oh, no. They're just out there in the sea with their lantern hoping that the, you know, they went over the horizon, right? The ship's got to like. like wait, but it isn't like, it isn't like looking for like a missing kid, like where you go to, oh, the cul-de-sac or the video game place or whatever. Mm-hmm. The oceans are big, John. They're big. They go in every direction. They go in every direction. It could be behind you. Yes, that's right. And especially if, say for instance, now I'm not speaking from personal experience. No. But say for instance, you encounter a group of whales, a family of whales, a pod of whales, 
Uh-huh. I don't know if whales are. I, I know orcas are in pods, but I okay. think whales, other whales, might have different names okay. for their family groups. But let's say you encounter a group, and you're an ambitious whaler. You're trying to get ahead. You lower uh, all three of your boats, your uh, your whatever your, I don't know what they're called. Your your oar boats. Oar boats. And they each one goes after a different whale. Mm. Each one harpoons the whale and goes on a separate Nantucket sleigh ride in three different directions. Oh my! Are you following it's like me? When I am. It's like when it's one thing to try to keep track of one toddler, but if you have to keep track of three toddlers or more, you're mega screwed. You know what they say: if you chase two rabbits, you lose them both. You can't run and chase three toddlers at the same time if you're running solo in your oar boat. And in this one, case, one, you're saying it could go. You don't know. You don't know where it's going to go. It's infinite chaos. And how are you going to get all three guys? I mean, the thing is, what we know about toddlers is mm-hmm. one toddler does the work of one toddler. Okay. Two toddlers do the work of half a toddler, and three toddlers do no work at all. That's a really good point. Right, it's like and the that, opposite of horses. Yeah. So tr- that's exactly right. Three yeah, horses. I, I learned do the from work a podcast that if you get horses that are friends with each other, they can pull more than the sum of their actual weight. You learn this from a podcast? You don't want to know. But the, the point is, that's the opposite of toddlers in that sense with whales. And can I say, John, I'm not an expert here, but it seems to me those whales are going to be pretty steamed. If you could if you could harness three whales, I bet you they'd do the work of, of six whales. It, or it could be exponential. It could be like not nine. I don't really understand maths. But but, 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 but you're saying it could go, you, you, you could say different directions, but you don't know. If you're a whale and your kid just got speared by an oar boat, Woof. Mm-mm. You're going to get I pretty never, mad. What I've never understood about whales is, see, whales, this is something I didn't, I, I read all of Moby Dick trying to figure this out, and no one ever really explained it. You didn't it. skip any chapters in that. No, no, no. I read every single word. Because <sighs> that's the kind of reader I am, and it's a problem. It's actually oh, we a problem. Talked, yeah, we talked about this. You read slowly, and then I you reread slowly. parts, not because you didn't understand it, but you're, you're savoring the dick. Yeah. You get your yeah. savoring, and that's right. And I, you know, I, I all that stuff where it's like, oh, this entire chapter is just he's listing all the different kinds of tenpenny nails on the ship, and it's only well, it's like two best pages in show long. where he's just naming nuts. Yeah, you let know, me get it's out just of like, here. yeah, exactly. But you like you it, like that. It's, it was a I very just, modern novel for the time. Very modern. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a the great American novel now, mm-hmm. not because it was popular in its day, but because later modernists identified it as an early example. It's of like, the, a, uh, like a like uh, a like a like a like a Tristram Shandy, except in this case you got a Queequeg. It's a Queequeg. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is one of the one of the number one things a whale can do. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in the top four things a whale can do. Okay. Oh, is go, is go down. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. a whale can go down, but so often in uh, where, where I mean, the whole industry of whaling presumes that when you stick the whale with the giant spear, it's not going to go down; mm. it's going to run that way on the surface. And were I That's a whale, a, that is a human conceit, my friend. Well, see, yeah. So I'm thinking, take a deep breath. And go straight down. You're doing it anyway. You mm-hmm. go down there and eat giant squid or fight them or whatever. Yeah. So if somebody stuck me with a with a giant spear and yeah. I could go down, oh, I would John, go. I hate the to fuck think of down. that. I hate to think of that. Well, uh, that's okay. It's not going to happen. Probably. Well, I'm on good terms with my neighbors right now. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Mac Weldon. 
You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting macweldon.com slash ROTL. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Their products are great, and their site is really easy to use. More on that in a minute, because I did recently use their site to buy more Mac Weldon things. Mac Weldon believes that all their stuff will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They offer a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means that they eliminate odor and they want you to be comfortable. I, I feel like that what they're saying here is they want you to be comfortable with your purchase, right? So they didn't tell me to say that, but, but if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it. They'll refund you with no questions asked. Uh, again, they didn't tell me to say this, but I think that means they don't want your underwear, right? They want to they they give you, sell you the underwear, but th- if you didn't like it, they don't want it back. What are they going to do with it? Make, make a quilt? Woof, I hope not. Not only do uh, Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. I love performance clothing. It's great for working out. You go to work, you can go on dates, just whatever it is you want to do. You know, in my case, it's a lot of, you know, making podcasts. Now, listen, l- listen carefully. The folks at Mack Weldon have even created their own totally free loyalty program that they call Weldon Blue. Now, level one of that, you get free shipping for life. And once you reach level two, which I reached a very long time ago by spending $200, Mac Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for the next year. Nothing wrong with that. Um, this is the part where I tell you about how much I like their stuff. You know I love their shirts especially, um, and they're uh, all different kinds of shirts. I like their T-shirts. I like their their long sleeve T-shirts. You know what? I'm finally delving back into what they're famous for. Well, you know, underpants. So I ordered some uh, stealth 8-inch boxer briefs in True Navy Large. Those are on the way. They've been shipped. And, and I took a flyer on one. I'm getting the warm knit fleece vest in asphalt heather size large. So basically, I'll look like, uh, you know, every mom in Marin County. But, but I'm into it. I'm into it. I want to have, I want my trunk to stay warm. I'm an aging man and I want to stay warm. I'm very excited about receiving warm knit fleece vest asphalt heather uh, size large. So that's on the way. Uh, and you, you can join me in this journey, right? Go to macweldon.com slash ROTL, just like it sounds. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com slash ROTL. It's hard to sing, but easy to find on the internet with your home computer set. You go to that website, you're going to get 20% off your order using our very special promo code, ROTL, one word, just like it sounds. And uh, you can go and do that. Jo- join me in this journey. Their stuff is really great. It's where I get most of my clothes. They can just use that. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. But but in all these in all <laughs> still these you're watching out, huh? huh? <laughs> you know, I'm looking out right now. Yep, yep, in yep. all these scenarios, the whale gets speared and they just run on the surface until they get tired and they die. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't understand what's going on in whale society. I don't understand, you know, it's a cultural uh like confusion that I have. Yeah, I can't figure it's out. Like why thinking about Canadians, whale. it's just different enough. It's just different enough. That's right. That's right. I There's mean, whales. Extra... Don't you imagine whales love their family? Probably. Yeah, it's like it's like Sting said. Too. Russians love their children too, right? So anyway, so WeWork mm. was a Nantucket sleigh ride. I yep. went into a WeWork once. Shut your mouth. No, two times. Okay. Two times. First time I went into a WeWork, there was a guy coming through town. He was making. Uh, he was making tin types, old fashioned mm-hmm. photos, like like a daguerreotype kind of thing. A daguerreotype, but on you know, like on a piece of metal. Yeah. 
And uh, probably, and probably started in Portland, I'm guessing. He uh, almost certainly, and it was yeah. ab- you know it's absolutely like <laughs> let's uh, do something in a way that's difficult and makes worse results. He takes the cap off of the thing. You stand there, you know, uh-huh. and you got the Sundance Kid on one side, you got <laughs> Butch on the other, and you're there with you holding your hat. Yep, yep, yep. And so I knew somebody who knew somebody who was like, "Hey, this guy's coming to town." Um, why don't you go down and get your picture taken? And I was like, this is exactly the kind of Portland thing that I love. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's happening at the WeWork. Oh. Oh, he's going to make a tintype of John. He's going to make a tintype you, of me. You weren't there for the We community per se. That's just, that's a side thing. That's right. So I go okay. down there and yeah. what I, this is the thing. When I, when I'm at the state fair and somebody says, hey, let's go in and get an old timey photo of us in Western clothes. Love that. I love it too, and I go in and I get into character. You know, I'm not somebody that goes to a costume party and then stands there and talks about we work. I go to the costume party and I'm in the character of the person in the. You're costume. like a historical reenactor. I had a friend that used to work at Colonial Williamsburg, and he was a, what they call an interpreter. And his job was to walk around and he asked him questions. My friend Dennis, he asked him yep. questions. He goes, "Oh, what, what is this Facebook of which you speak? <laughs> Churn butter." <laughs> exactly. You're fully committed. I, You're like a lifestyle costumer. I love to be that guy. And this was my problem with the, the, you know, like I have a lot of friends in the cosplay community. I've done Mm -hmm. a a cosplay adjacent in a couple of different directions. Mm -hmm. And every time I go to a Comic-Con and there's cosplayers all around and and they're all just standing there talking about Facebook and looking at their phones, I'm like, you are a steampunk Batman. Why are you looking at a a Facebook right now? You know, you you could pick brass goggles or phone, but not both. Right. Thank you. And let's so, say and if I it's was, a steampunk phone and you're doing like a Wild Wild West type situation, but that's probably just phone. like an iPhone 11. All you have to do is put some steampunk stuff on your phone and I will buy in. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to a cosplay friend like two days ago and I said, why don't you, if you're going to be silk, if you're going to dress up as, as Lady Spider-Man. You know about uh, that? Chinese Lady Spider-Man. Oh my God, John. If, I'm learning you, so much. If you're going to be Silk, why aren't you also like Silk? If you're going to be there, if you're going to go to all the trouble, then go all the way. And she's like, eh, I just like, yeah. I just like dressing like Silk. And I'm like, hmm. well, but don't you want to be Silk? And she's like, no, I just want to dress like That's Silk. And so I'm, I'm just like, I don't understand it. Because if I were dressed like Silk, I would be Silk all the way. I would all go the distance. Mm-hmm. So at the state fair, I go all the distance. And what that means, Merlin, what does that mean? Hmm. I, I take off my freaking tortoise shell glasses because they are not historically accurate. It's a, what they say in the, uh, in the Civil War reenactor community. They call it OOP, out of period. Like you, got, you, got the wrong, you don't have vintage fleas. The no, buttons on right. your waistcoat are a mess. That's right. I'm and not going to really wear – You shouldn't have that uh, Baja Blast uh, Mountain Dew. Even if no one sees my underwear, I'm going to wear period correct underwear. That's you just, know, you know. That's right. I that's right. I will know. You're going to wear some coarse panties. Well, and I've got a wonderful photo that I took at the at the state fair where I'm where I'm dressed like a like a sort of a, a major in the cavalry that's that's fallen out fallen into disfavor and gone to li- you know gone a little bit wild, but he still wears his old uniform. Like I got a whole backstory for the guy, and uh, whoa. And you know, and that and that picture is prominently displayed. But the, when this daguerreotype guy came through town, I was like, "All right, I you know, I know that this is. I know that we're not in an old west sit- situation here. This is happening at a WeWork. I want it to be classic, 
because it's going to be a daguerreotype. You're not going to get a lot, a lot of extra shots at this. I imagine this is not like you got your Canon 7D and you go, like you're, you're going right. to get probably one shot at this. Make sure your eyes are open, stand real still. I only had one shot. I did not want to miss my chance to blow. Okay. So I go down there, but I'm wearing glasses that day, but they're, you know, they're clear and they're what I would consider, you know, a classic frame. They're an aviator. It's kind of a World War II look I've got going, mm-hmm. got my khaki jacket on and I'm like, all right, this is going to, I'm, I'm cool with this. We're going to get a daguerreotype, but it's going to be in a WeWork. It's going to be modern plus, plus classic. Mm-hmm. No, no one in the place is wearing uh, braces or handlebar mustaches. It's just what it is. He takes the picture. I'm very happy with the experience. It was very fun. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed the man. And then later, months later, in the mail comes the thing. And I and I pull it out. And what happened? What had happened was yeah, yeah. That the glasses that I wore, although clear, were polarized. Oh no, and that's a, that becomes a tell. At, well, no, what happened was the daguerreotype camera, uh-huh. which is made out of gears and and mm-hmm. you know and, and steam, ribbons. Steam driven, it's got it's steam. got a lot of a lot of brass fittings on it, right? The daguerreotype lens perceived the um perceived the polariz- polarization as just impenetrable. And so the glasses are the oh, blackest no. lenses you, you ever saw. You look like saw. an unsighted person. I look, well, I just, I mean, if my, if those glasses actually had lenses like that, yeah. so dark that no light could penetrate, they would be the coolest sunglasses you ever saw. Mm-hmm. But in the context of a daguerreotype, it's weird. You know, like I'm not standing out on a beach somewhere. I'm not like in a, I'm not in a fighter jet. I'm sitting in a WeWork you know, holding my Filson briefcase with the yeah. darkest sunglasses. It'd be like if you could see saw. a built to spill t-shirt through your blouse. Like it's out of period. <laughs> Whatever you just Every said. Every time I see someone mention the band BTS, the, the yeah. Korean boy band, I always think of built to spill. I get, I get confused too. You were just, you were, you just conjured a, a like a vision for me of someone in a kind of opaque, you know, like sh- 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 Silky, slightly see-through blouse, like and an eighty, then, and like an eighties lady uh, blouse, like translucent, yeah, like a, like a lady, like a lady, lady blouse, blouse. and then mm-hmm. you could see a built to spill T-shirt under it. Oh my god! Just like, if she had combat boots, can who you even are imagine? you? Marry oh me, my please. god! So that was the first time I went. And oh, anyway, so I have this daguerreotype, but I don't know what to do with it because when hmm. because when you look at it, it's just like ah, uh, it's a little bit. I don't know. It's a little time traveler or something, and and not in a good way. So I don't know what to do. If if I had taken my glasses off, it would have been amazing. And I oh, would have you're on it. the horns of a dilemma because you're not sure that's something you want to make part of your permanent installation. Maybe Jason Finn would buy it from you. Well, that's the the thing is, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful item. I'm sure somebody would like it. I'm sure you know. It's like Tony Soprano dressed as a as a as Napoleon <laughs> with his horse sitting on Polly's wall, <laughs> right? Sadness a cruise. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. that, that, would, that would be terrific. You could probably just hear him breathing through the photo. <laughs> <laughs> the second time I went to WeWork, it was the same WeWork. Okay. I was running for city council. And get this. Mm-hmm. I'd been to every single union in the city. None of them really felt like, you know, 
my experience with the unions was that they were all the unions are extremely political and they were like look the the devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't and so we're all going we're going to go with the guy that publicly we all vilify as being not labor friendly enough. but he's like but a known in, quantity yeah and in actuality because this is Seattle he's super labor friendly so we should talk him but we're not going to choose you because who the hell are you? Yeah. And I was sure. like, who am I? I'm the, I'm the, you know, I'm the guy. And they're like, I'm Mr. Not, guy. Like I'm here to, I'm here to fix things up. They're like, not yet. Not oh, yet. God. But, but so, and it was very difficult to do that week after week, day after day to walk into a big room full of people sitting behind a table and go, hi, I'm me. I'm just me. I'm here to do what, you know, I'm here to like contribute to the town. And they were like, nope. Mm-hmm. There's already somebody doing that, and and we don't like them. But I think you've, you've talked about this in the past. That sort of like you can expect, obviously, a lot of questioning and pushback, but it becomes a little dispiriting when your whole day is just going to meet people who are just challenging you all day long, right? Yeah, challenging you, and then not really listening to your answers because they already have the answers in mind that they want you to say. Sure. But so I went to this event at the WeWork, and <sighs> I had been given a rating already in the in on somebody's website. By the new urbanists and the new urbanists, I think you know who I'm talking about. The new urbanists are young people who are very into bike lanes. Yes. They want density. You are my density. They want yeah, everybody. We're, we're sort of, I want to say the opposite of the suburbs, but something quite different from the suburbs where the whole idea is began as you go and live somewhere that's not the city, but you still get the benefits of the city when it suits you. But then you go back to your, you know, neighborhood full of white people. But you well, would never but, you would never bike to where you need to go. Within Seattle, the you know, the idea is of of hubs, you know, you're anytime you have a transit stop, you have an opportunity to build density at that corner. Mm-hmm. So Seattle has a real problem of nimbies, right? Nobody wants anything to happen. Everybody want everybody wants it all to happen. It's just nobody wants it to happen right here. Yeah, you want, uh, what's your phrase? You want y'all and Paul to go take care of that over here. That's right. Paul and y'all over there. Yes. But what, you know, it's like, hey, what we need is a new this. And they're like, great, put it somewhere else. We, because we, get, that we, with, like- we get that with halfway houses, you know, drug drug rehab stuff, anything where like, where, where people who, you know, I mean, honestly, a lot of if, if, if you do a lot of places around here where people paid $1.3 million for their house do not want a regular amble of homeless-looking people wandering around. That is the classic NIMBY, but but it gets worse because mm. there are the NIMBYs who are like, we don't want there to be a five-story building here where every apartment in it is a million five because... Oh, they're back to de- density. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, because that's going to bring parking problems or it's going to bring noise or it's going to bring people... It's going to bring young people or it's going to bring... Who knows what it's going to do is it's going to change. Yeah. And so people in Seattle who mm-hmm. are like, we need, you know, what they do is they vote for uh, all this stuff because they believe <laughs> sure. in their hearts that the homeless should all uh, be housed and that there should be no childhood, uh, you know, food insecurity. Yeah, yeah. you then, got a lot of <laughs> theoretical progressives. <laughs> exactly. But then when you're like, well, we're going to build a new building here that has that's a multi-purpose building that has a grocery store on the bottom. There are going to be seven market rate apartments, and then there are going to be seven subsidized apartments for middle class families that can't afford to live in the city. And the people are like, 
out right. there protesting like no so those, those nurses and firemen can be pretty rough trade oh my god you know especially if they have two kids that are in school oh they're so loud so the so i am in a lot of ways an urbanist i don't buy i don't hook line and sinker with it but i mm-hmm. do feel like if you've got if trans if you put in transit and then there's a transit stop right around that transit stop you should just build a town you should build a little town there right because then those people can get on the transit and go to work and they don't have to have a car and you can build it's a whole thing i totally agree anyway so i had been given a rating by this group of young people that was one of those like we don't know anything about this guy so we're gonna this is early on in the campaign so we're gonna give him a rating of let's say middle and you it was like, you get like a gentleman's b yeah, and it was like, well, fuck you. You didn't. You never. You don't know anything about me. And what it was was is based on some like press release that I'd made where I said I said three things and I wrote it in four minutes. And anyway, they had an event at the WeWork where they were going to in depth interview the candidates. Okay. And I and I go to the WeWork and I'm there. You know, and this was during a period when I was like wearing I was wearing business clothes every day. And I sit down. And I think what the I think these urbanists said actually maybe, maybe task, uh, given some lukewarm endorsement of one of my opponents. But I sat in the room with them, and I was like, "You want to talk about urbanism?" And I laid out all my ideas, and I was just like, and then the gondola comes over, and it lands in a you know in the tower that's also got an elementary school and an observatory. And it's got water slides and there's <laughs> and it's got a university and it's got a polar uh, simulator <laughs> that has a ski jump. And these guys were just like, wow, the, you're incredible. And I was like, I, yeah, I, I haven't even gotten started. You kidding me? Every OK. OK. Follow with me. A yeah. bear on a mini bike. All right. You got uh, a bear on a mini bike. I love that. Mini bikes are just so cute and so funny. Right? Put, a put a bear on bear that on? with those big legs and that big trunk. That would be adorable. Every town has a bear with a mini on a mini bike, just riding around. And and the thing is, it's not it's not a bear that's like a captive bear. The bear can do what it wants. Well, it's got it's, it's, just, got, it's got a little motorcycle and go wherever it wants. <laughs> you give it a little motorcycle. What's it going to want to do except just ride around and delight people? Right. So I leave the maybe, maybe have like a hydro flask full of honey. Oh, a hydro flask. Wouldn't that be cute? That's so cute. I, the, the whole thing is killing me, and this is, is why. Is he wearing I, a bandana? I would love it if he's wearing a bandana. They each they each get to choose the hat of whatever their you want. Whatever you want. Oh my god! A lot yes. of, uh, there are as many hats as there are bears, Merlin. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Woo, Squarespace! You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. You, you know this is a frequent sponsor of our show, which is on the one hand great because I like money. But I also just don't understand how there's still people who aren't on Squarespace. It's just so odd to me. I don't understand it. There's so many things. Team, guys, people, you magnificent bastards. So many things you can do with Squarespace. You're going to create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your new home on the web. You can showcase your work, whatever that work is. You can have a blog or publish other kinds of content. You can make beautiful galleries. You can sell products and services of all kinds. Are you getting this? It's a website. You go. You go to Squarespace. You can sell stuff. Of course, you can promote your physical or online business, and you can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. It's very easy to do. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. 
powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. Whatever you want to sell, just put it on the website. It's e-commerce. You get the ability to customize the look and feel settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. I like the clicks, but I love the drags. I love how easy it is to just drag stuff onto what will become a page. You can see what it looks like. See if you're happy with it. Ugh, it's just so easy to do. Oh, God, are you not on Squarespace? This is all just so weird. They offer a new way to buy domains. You can choose from over 200 domain name extensions. You're not going to need all of those, but the ones you do need are there at Squarespace. Oh, God. They have analytics, you guys, analytics that help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization, or as John Roderick says, SEO, right? You get free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And, of course, they have 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. They're encouraging folks to make it. Go make it with Squarespace. It's Squarespace. Just go. It's really good. You're using Squarespace right now because this is where we have always hosted the Roderick on the Line podcast. We do it all. Do it all with Squarespace. Every, every Monday is a Squarespace day for me. They, they can just, you know, use that. Do it with Squarespace. Right now, go to squarespace.com slash supertrain. You're going to get a free trial, okay? And when you're ready to launch, or as uh, we used to say, go public, right? Push it to production. You use the offer code supertrain. And you're going to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's, that's, that's a really good deal. You just you go and you do it. It's just like starts at 12 bucks a month. Jeez. Just don't understand. It's Squarespace. But thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. So I leave the WeWork <laughs> and I'm standing out front. And everybody coming in and out, they're all wearing J. Crew suits. And everybody's just, you know, and it's just like tickety, tickety, tickety. There's, every seat is taken all full of young urbanists, all doing their their offsite work. They're all working. They've got conference rooms that people are having conferences in. And I come out. I'm standing out front. I'm talking to some other candidates. One of the candidates that's running in a different seat. Um, he also lost, but he was very he was very popular with the with the the polity. Uh, he said to me, "You know, at the beginning of this campaign, I couldn't figure you out." I thought you, I thought you just didn't know what you're doing, but but lately you've just been killing it. Like I really feel like if you had started your campaign four months earlier, like you would be the front runner now. And I was like, that's not what I want to hear. Yeah. But thank you. But this was, you know, toward the end of the campaign. Anyway, and that's I felt, that's what I've come to call a compliment. It, yeah. It's a comp. It's, it's supposed to be a compliment, but it, it just ends up being not really all that nice. Yeah. Well, what he said was your gondola plan isn't realistic, but it turns out you're a great- What about my funiculars? <laughs> you're a great candidate. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? My candidacy is founded on funiculars and gondolas, so you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I felt briefly for a moment like a member of the new Urbanist Superhero League where we were all wearing pegged pants. Yep. But, but, but- Probably but scowling suits. a lot. Well, and just like looking serious and we all had very expensive shoes and, and we were working at a, we were going to a place where we were, it was basically like going to a gym, except it was an office. Hmm. And then one day it was gone. The WeWork was gone. And I don't, I'm not sure I want to watch the whole documentary, but like what happened to that dream? Yeah. I guess, well, I guess we all have. Well, it'll, you know, it'll, it, it, I, I personally would say it's, it's real good to watch. It's, um, it is, it is very frustrating because it's one of those kind of, you know, people overuse this phrase, but sort of one of those emperor has no clothes, you know, situations where everybody looking at it, it's just Go like, on. what, what are you, what you're, 
as <laughs> let me find let me find this. I did a screenshot of this because I love this so much yesterday. One guy they talked to is a, a reporter, not a reporter, excuse me. He's a professor of uh, some kind of um, marketing. And basically he started doing some deep dives on on what they were saying and like coming up with this banana stuff. I, if I remember correctly, one is that the floor of a building in which we work was located was worth more than all the other buildings they were leasing put together. There were all of these just like, there's nothing, there's nothing to this. Like, and what was the phrase that he used? He had just gone through this whole thing of like, oh yeah, you know, so you lease buildings and then you subdivide it. He said, I mean, for God's sakes, they're renting fucking desks. And that's mm-hmm. what it was. But then it turned into this weird cult where there was We Work, where there was We Live. We, then they wanted to start doing schools called We Grow. And they had some kind of a, a Coke-fueled idea for something called We Grown Up. And that's oh. going to be like for continuing education. And more and more, it's sounding like, and I mean this in the best possible way, either either like basically like Cambodian re-education or, or mm-hmm. possibly L. Ron Hubbard's uh, religion. Did, so they did, there was an ideology in the people, in the man? Well, there was, yeah. I mean, it expressed itself by this, this this guy who's the, you know, the moving force behind this would just say stuff like, anytime somebody would ask him a question about the actual business, he would just keep bringing it back to like raising human consciousness. Mm. And, you know, and the, the thing, this I said this on the internet earlier, like last night, but like, the phrase that keeps coming up over and over, and like once you hear this phrase, you'll never unhear it. How often do you hear one of these thinkfluencers say that they want to change the world, right? Mm, mm-hmm. But like, I mean, <laughs> everybody asks, where's Waldo? Nobody ever asks, how's Waldo? They're always talking about wanting to change the world. Very few of them are truly committed to helping the world. And that once you kind of get over that little seemingly small semantic difference, you get to how much change the world means. Screw up something that already works in order for me to make an ungodly amount of money. I know that sounds mm. cynical. But mm. when we see Elon Musk consistently tout that he's basically reinvented subway tunnels or whatever, you're like, ah, you're not really trying to change the world. I mean, like, Tesla, good. Batteries, good. Yes. But, like, there is this thing to this of, like, you keep falling back on your 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 plan for all of this is, like, how you're going to elevate human consciousness through office space. Mm. Anyway, I, I thought of you because of the Nantucket sleigh ride. And then what else did I watch? After that, I watched another business douche thing. But uh, did you walk away with any, did you walk away with, I have lots of things I've been writing down while you were talking. We still have to find out the other three things that whales do. Um, I also want to talk about, apparently I've discovered a a vein of what I'm going to call Moby Dick fan fiction. There's, there's a lot of fan art of Ishmael and Queequeg in that bed together. Yep. 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 Looking, looking very open to like whatever. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's a lot of, that's kind of the deviant art angle. Could you give me at least one more thing that whales do? The first thing I've got here is that whales can go down. Oh, okay. So, but like we, um, we uh, work, we, uh, we get lost in this. We don't think about all the dimensions. In this case, literally a dimension, this sort of, uh, I guess that'd be the y-axis of down. We, we, right. we keep thinking whales are going to think like we do, run like we would. And let's be honest, just as a side note here, this is in 2021 is my year of saying, let's please stop guessing what somebody else's motivation is or deliberately understanding other people's motivation. But I think it is fair to say we make an error when we think that everybody's going to respond to something the way we would. And a whale who just got harpooned by some guys in an oar boat may behave in a way that is different from what you would have guessed. Yes. Right. Right. 
Well, is all, is all the whale-related stuff regarding this kind of subterfuge? What if, well, give me at least one more thing that a whale can do that might surprise us. You seem to have a lot of command of whale facts. Well, I think the number one thing that a whale does, I mean, I think go down is like maybe number two on the number of things that are okay, on the change top, my list a little. Okay. top five okay. things that a whale does. Yep, but the yep, number yep. one thing a whale does yeah. is go around. Go, because oh, the ocean's big. A whale just goes around. Go a, around. A whale is going around. Every time you see it's a whale, like trying it's to going t- chase somebody who's good at parkour. In some ways, the human yeah. version of that is, and you see this a lot in movies now. But you see people who, uh, like, if you're if you're like a you know a typical you know ectomorphic cop trying to chase somebody, and then they whoopsie doopsie do a silk, they do a Spider Man, they do a Spider Gwen, sure. and they're sure. suddenly going up a wall or climbing over some brutalist architecture, and you're like, hey, that's not what I would have done. It's like exactly. I can't do that can't do that if you if you if you get chased in the way this is why and they say for example in my second home state of florida if you got an alligator running after you you need to zig and you need to zag because the alligator can't zig and zag. alligator in a straightaway is going to take you down to its meat lock la 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 <laughs> i hate you uh yeah like robert shaw says you know uh, yeah. the indianapolis he's gonna drag sure. you down you know sure but like sure, the sure, thing sure. is, what if you think well, that guy who is, let's, let's be honest, a suspect in this crime or this alleged crime is suddenly climbing up a wall like Miles Morales, you, you're going to have to think twice because you're like, oh, blimey, like how am I going to get up the building? And in this case, it's, it's just with a, uh, with a whale, they can go around. It's a big every, ocean. Every parkour person seems to me to be living in an outskirt of Paris or in Brasilia because as you say, they're always parkouring on brutalist architecture, uh, so much. I think brutalist architecture has more things to grab. Oh, maybe so. If you Although, tried, well, you no, could, I don't know. If you tried, maybe a Frank Lloyd Wright, even because he has lots of sconces and things. But like, you could parkour the shit out of a Victorian neighborhood, though. There's oh, so are many you things kidding to me? Grab. Curtains and like sconces. They got more filials than I've had hot meals. You go up a, you go up a Queen Anne. If oh. you pardon my saying. But you never. Whoa, hello. <laughs> but you never. <laughs> it's better than going down <laughs> with a whip. But <laughs> but you never you never see parkours happening in Queen Anne neighborhoods. They're always on libraries or they're always going through like half half constructed buildings in the Ukraine. Oh, okay. oh not the Ukraine. Oh don't Oh no, God. that's okay. Oh. We'll fix it. We'll, oh, um, Ukraine. Ukraine. No. I'll just say I think it you said that times. Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. It, like which <laughs> Ukraine? Down. In that Ukraine. Yeah, that which Ukraine we honor and stand. If you um, if you yeah. look at the history of whaling, okay, eighty percent of what they're doing is just going around looking for the whales. The whales oh, are going. Oh, they're doing whale like behavior. You know, you got to think think like a think like a uh, like a whale. Think like a whale. Go around. Ooh. Like one of the number one reasons that there was any kind of interest uh, in uh, in visiting Hawaii after uh, Captain Cook. There was mm-hmm. a long period where you know where like. The colonial enterprise was like, yeah, 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 Hawaii, until the whalers needed a place to stock up on fresh water and coconuts. And huh. so Hawaii was- This like, is back to your original idea that you taught me so many years ago, at this point, probably 10, 11 years ago, which is that, that this is the way to understand the makeup of a city, of a community. It's mm-hmm. like, what are the waterways? Where are the roads? Like you right. see certain kinds of, uh, if you like, industry and probably eventually culture- spring up out of this like we got this good food because ships used to come to, to well maybe not boston but like i'm not a huge fan but I, I like illegal seafoods uh you know lobster roll but what you're saying is you come in with the stuff you know what i mean you come in with the cumin 
or the uh, or the bay leaves <laughs> or some kind of other delicacy. And now because you had a waterway, now you're enjoying bay leaves in Cincinnati. That's it exactly. Same here with I mean, except is with Captain Cook and uh, and whales. I mean, why uh, why do the Hawaiians use ukuleles? Because uh, there were small so, apartments. No, because there were so many Portuguese <gasps> that immigrated to Hawaii to work in the sugar sugar cane. The devil, plantations. you say the Portuguese are. I've, I don't know if this is ableist. My understanding is the Portuguese are at the heart of it. A sea, seafaring people. It is exactly 100% true, and uh, and the Portuguese originally arrived as sailors on whaling ships. Hmm. Is that right? And, and they brought their ukuleles. They brought their the ukulele. You're telling me the ukulele is a South American instrument? Well, no, Portugals aren't from Oh, South Portugal. America. I thought you were talking about, oh, I'm sorry. I'm conflating my Brazilians. I am so yeah, sorry. Yeah, but we also all- know that the Spaniards... And again, I don't know if this is racist, but I believe they were well-known before the English. It was their armada that everybody feared. And I'll bet you there was more than one Portuguese working on the Espana uh, ships. Yes. Because it's yes. right there, right? Portugal and Spain are like, you know, peas and carrots. Yeah, but you don't, you don't want to mistake them because the Portuguese oh, are going to get very mad Oh, I did that. I them. confused Australians in New Zealand once. And oh, boy, I, I, never, I never got over it. Boy, don't do that. You don't want to do that. But here's the thing about a whale. If a okay. whale, if a if the number one thing a whale did was go down mm-hmm. and not around, they would run out of squid in that area very fast. They would run right? out of squid because the whale. I know. I'm talking about Moby Dick whales now. I'm talking uh, about okay. sperm whales. Who oh, this is not the squid. kind that eats. What are they called? Cree? I think the Crees are in Marvel comics. What is it? Krill. There's krill. the krill eaters, and that's going to be more like. A, is that a sperm whale, John? Who eats Crees? Uh, uh, those are like humpback whales. And okay. so there are baleen whales and there are toothed whales. Interesting. And, and they're different. What's the one in Pinocchio? That's some kind of. That's a tooth uh, whale, I think. That's a, so there's a lot of question about the whale that Noah went into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah? Uh, no, not. Oh, well, yeah, but this is, so Noah, I guess. Noah had to get two on whales on his boat, but Jonah yeah. was the one I think who was consumed. Jonah went into He's consumed whale. by whale. And yeah. there's some there's some question about what kind of whale that was, but all okay, whales okay, have to okay. go around because the thing is, you could imagine a whale that went all the way around the world and never went down because it can go if, around. Because if it was going around, it could just be eating krill. Whale doesn't it need be, a map. It doesn't need a map of Pangaea because it can always go around. It feels it. It feels it. It knows where it is. It feels mm. it. It goes here. It goes there. It goes hither. It goes yon. So go around is number one on what a whale does. Go Got go it. down is number two on what Got a whale it. Okay, does. that's two. Okay. I don't uh, want to press you on this. I don't want you to feel like right. you have to keep doing this. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm I bet not being, I bet being big and strong is one. Being bigger and stronger than we imagine. And our, our, isn't it said also, this might be old information, isn't it said the whales are very smart? Well, but that might also be one of those things where it's like. Oh, it's like saying Asian people are good at math. Yeah, human beings think that whales are smart because they have big brains. But I'll tell you what, if I was smart and somebody hit me with a spear, I would go down. You'd go down. Oh, you wouldn't just panic and start tearing that straight ahead. That's, that's an anti-alligator type. Yeah, okay. All right. Another thing, another thing you have to know about whales is oh. their eyes are on either side of their head. And that means that they are likely a food rather than predator. Predators get the eyes in front, right? 
like a killer whale. Wasn't there an eye thing? Like we were talking about this with our lizard. Yeah, 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 and yeah, where yeah, a lizard, right. like if he's going to go somewhere, he's very cautious. He likes to pause for a minute and then he does the cutest little thing, John. He sticks out his tongue to taste whatever's in front of him. It's adorable. But then he also does this thing where he turns his head. He inclines his head very slightly. And I've said to my wife, I think that's because he's, uh, he's, uh, he's food more than, I'm probably getting these backwards, but he likes to kind of get a little extra angle on binocular vision. So he goes, hmm. And that way he can get more depth perception. Well, and so I think that, I think you're right. Like horses and cows, their eyes are on the side. Yep. Um, uh, They're all, they're food. But the thing about a whale is that the eyes are, the eyes are completely on the other side of their giant head such that, Mm. Such that, you know, like a horse or a lizard, yeah. if it is looking at uh, a bale of hay or in a lizard's case, a fly, it can look at it out of one eye and then turn its head and look at it out of the other eye. Okay. But a whale, oh. each eye has to be seeing a completely different world at the same time, simultaneously. Right. And it's not like an owl or similar or a gecko where it can like move its eye sockets or eye stalks independently. In this case, if he wants confirmation of what's going on over here, he sees an Aquaman or something. I mean, what's he going to do? Is he going to turn 90 degrees? That doesn't seem like whale behavior to me. No, it would take, it would take 15 minutes for 15 a whale minutes to, just to, to turn, yeah. just to turn to see whatever it was looking at. He can go down fast, but he can't go right or left so fast. He can't turn his head as fast. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. so what that means is it has two eyes and its entire life, both eyes are independently seeing and processing the world. That makes you think. It really does. And then somewhere in a whale brain, it's it's combining those two pictures without being able to see in front of it at all. Right. Combining those two pictures into a single image of the world it, it, it occupies. It's uh, what Nick, Nick Fury might call a sit rep. You got a situation report. So we maybe they don't think the way we do, see the way we do. Obviously, flies and Samuel L. Jackson, everybody's going to see differently. What you're saying to me here is there's, there's a command system somewhere in the whale that's able to not find it confusing that there are two completely different uh, images coming over the camera, a mono camera, not a stereo camera. But that comes into the control center and that gets made, you get a sit rep and you can say, okay, you know, that, that's a wagon wheel falling off a boat over there, but there's some, uh, some yummy uh, squid over here. I'm going to go after that. Mm-hmm. Is that right? It's got to be. I mean, it's got mm-hmm. to be, it's got, in the same way that we have a blind spot where our ocular nerve uh, connects to the shin bone. Uh, oh, okay. Th- they have a blind spot that is probably like, what, 15 degrees from left to right, uh, in, directly in front of them. It's almost like being from Tralfamador, but like it, it's a different system, right? And so for us, it's confusing because we are so accustomed to our way of seeing the world that we yeah. really can't put ourselves in. And they're also the windows to the soul, but like right. we can't put ourselves in the mind of a whale. I mean, like, and if you try, that's like that's like faking a Brooklyn accent. Although I bet. I bet I could fit inside the brain of a whale. You're saying if you were Jonah, you wouldn't have just stayed in the tummy. You would have you would have swam upstream like through like the nervous system, get in the brain. Mm, I, if I shrank down and had a little ship and was with uh, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> what, inner inner space. What I is that don't. What that is? <laughs> hmm. All right. I don't know if it's the fly or Portlandia. I'm kind of confused, but. 
uh, oh, Jurassic Park. You know, you never ask your scientists why are we making this movie. Um, what I what I want. <laughs> <laughs> This show is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I hate how stupid this is. <laughs> Money machine. <laughs> it is. Okay. It is. Okay. What I, if I could if if I could communicate with a sea animal, yeah, I'm not sure a whale is who I would pick. Say all that again. I'm looking for if pictures I, of bears on motorcycles, so I'm a little distracted. <laughs> say, say it again. If I could communicate with any CM animal, okay. Now, if and I we're, could not even, we're not even saying it's not like you're going to be like we're not we're not we're still stipulate we're not talking about like super high level. Let's talk about our relationship stuff. It's almost like the way like the little girl can do sign language with King Kong in the new HBO Max movie. It's a way of you being able to do basic communication, no guarantee that you're going to be able to talk about Sartre or similar. If there was any, if it was just like okay, like if if it was any animal, yeah. I don't know exactly. I don't know what I would pick. Here's the thing about talking to animals. We all want to do it. <laughs> Theoretically. Right? Yeah. But then as but soon as But what if they have you... harsh criticism? <laughs> well, exactly. Or They've seen some shit. Know, They've seen you jerk into some really upsetting stuff. There are so many boring people. Oh, God. Gotcha. Let alone if you're talking to a dog. Yeah. Like, what is a dog? This is the problem with, with time travel. And I know- How's that? I, I well, love, well, I'm not going to talk about time travel, but I am a fan. Well, here's the problem with time travel, right? Okay, if you, okay. all the people that are like, because it seems, this is like one of those, like, would you be invisible or would you? Yeah, flight or invisibility, or, yeah. And then there's the, then there's the problem of like the, like there's something about picking invisibility that's immoral or like the virtue. John Hodgman says, like, John Hodgman oh, says in his famous This American Life segment, if memory serves, John Hodgman says that people who want to fly are sort of like extroverted, look at me people and people who want to have invisibility I don't know. They're they're full of shame or something like that. But he's got a unified field theory of it. I think. I'm, I, and I've heard it, and and uh, I'm not going to recapitulate it here. But okay, my feeling is that about time travel, that all the virtue people, all the extroverts, all the ones that are like la la la, hmm. they all pick they they all pick going to the future. Because right. they think that that's where the you know like I'm going to that's the where future. the part that's where the good parties are. But uh-huh. the problem is what they do what they don't factor in is that in the future when they arrive they will be boring and useless to oh. everyone else because they bring no new technology they bring no real context okay they have no skills Right. Well, you useful. bring a Rene Descartes to the to what, what he thinks of as the future, and we think of as the now, and he's just going to be. He's not going to want to talk about humors and 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 all the interesting stuff for you know the existence of God. He's going to have questions about why there's so many different kinds of forks, and you're going to like, yeah, Rene, exactly. man, pump the brakes. Well, and the problem is that after the original novelty of like, hey, Descartes is here, ha ha ha, don't put Descartes before the horse. Oh God. You know you're going to have like you're going to have two weeks <laughs> where he does all the talk shows. And he's going to be like, <laughs> but but then very quickly uh-huh. the game is going to turn to. It is incredibly broken English. He's going to mention he speaks French and Latin. <laughs> but but then the game is the game is even on yeah. the fir- even the first time he goes to meet John Oliver or whatever the game is going to turn into, <laughs> hey Descartes, hey Descartes, 
have you ever seen one of these? And then holds up a Game Boy, and Descartes is like, what is this? What is this? I do not know what you are doing. Why are these, why are these potatoes? Why do you have the electronic quarterback? It makes no sense. Oh. And, and so that, and that game is going to get old really fast. And then Descartes is just a guy that still believes in, in phrenology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who's. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, and, and maybe he fills in a couple of blanks like, wait a minute now, what did, you know, like, what, what did, what, what did Samuel Pepys have want to catch up, like whatever. whatever happened to St. Thomas Aquinas. I like that guy. There you go. There you go. Whereas if you go back in time, of course, you become a god and you can, and you can misuse that power, but you can yeah. also help people. You can bring penicillin. Even somebody like me that doesn't know how to make penicillin. Right. You I could learn. I could at least, uh, you know, refine the trebuchet for them a little bit with what I know. Oh yeah. You know, like there's just a, there are a few there are a few innovations that would probably come to me. Like, hey, wait a minute. You know what? You know what would be cool here is like I could probably figure out how to make a lawnmower engine, or at least I could sketch it for somebody. Steampunk lawnmower. <laughs> you know, like something. Uh-huh. Steampunk no, lawnmower. It. And that's and, a problem know, and, for somebody. You go back and stick a Louis, Louis the something, a Louis the something teenth. You go to like a Versailles, and he's yeah. going to be like Zeus Lords. You can yeah. you can trim my hedges so much faster with this. You, if I went back, that's the thing. If I went back and met Descartes, yeah, and said, "Here's a rudimentary <sighs> design steer for away a from the engine. phrenology." Yeah, 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 yeah. What we should do is use this lawnmower en- en- engine, build a tiny mini bike, and see you if tell, we can you get tell him it's for the glory of God. It's for it's for mon dieu for for tout tout dieu, and uh, and then we get we get a bear on a mini bike and then and that becomes like that's on the fucking royal crest from you've, cha- you've changed everything at that point you got a whole new timeline going. So the problem with talking to whales is yeah. a whale is fucking boring. It's like hey yeah. hey whale what's up and it's like well I go around and then sometimes I go down. And yeah. I've you know, been to Hawaii a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. And it's I like, know. you know what? You know how many guys I know that go around and go down and have been to Hawaii a bunch of times? I don't oh, even know. Oh, I mean, I think any of us can instantly think of people we've met in our life, even like sort of briefly at like a DMV or a waiting room. We were like, you know, just kind of the one issue voter. We're like, somebody wants to tell you a lot about, say, model trains. Yes. You know what I mean? And is that, is, you know, like how much will Descartes have to bring to the conversation? But if you go back... You're going to get to be like, especially if you get to do a Connecticut, Connecticut Yankee thing, where yep. like a, a la your other podcast, you think ahead, you bring along a pocket Wikipedia, Bob, Bob's your uncle, and you can there come you in and say, you do a Connecticut Yankee on him, and you go, oh yeah, you know, you might want to check over there, because if you're trying to make lead into gold, you know, eh, you're going to make some strides with that, but I maybe would, I would spend less time on that than the other things. Uh, uh, Work on your meditations. My- the meditations are going to have staying power. All of all of the the alchemy is not as profitable as it feels. Now I never I never break the fourth wall in this show. Oh Jesus, John, we talked about this. But I am recording <sighs> from my new house. This is the first podcast I've ever done from my new house. The devil you say. I'm You I'm sound in, really good. I'm in the classic uh uh podcasting posture of um of Travel John, which is I'm lying in bed with my blanket on. And uh, uh-huh. I've got my laptop on my lap, and I'm and I've got my microphone in my hand on my in my new bedroom, mm-hmm. and the door just creaked open, and there stood my mother, 
and she did not expect me to be here podcasting. And she gave me, and normally she, she, when she comes in the room, she waves her hand like, Oh, 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 don't let me interrupt. And she disappears. But in this case, she just stood there holding a jar of caulk or fast and furious huh. or paint. Oh, she's paint. And then she just stared at me. So, so it's very unusual, very rare for she, her to Is she there right now? She's still looking at you? So she's here. And that, uh, she's never appeared on the show. But hey, mom. Hi, Merlin. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Would you, would you do me a favor and ask her, if she could go back in time and kill Bonaparte, would she do it? If you could go back in time and kill Napoleon Bonaparte, would you do it? No, she doesn't. She, she, feels, like, she feels like Napoleon... Having him is better than no. She doesn't. She have some pretty strong feelings about Bonaparte. Well, she does, but 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 she's not why, a killer. But why would you? Could she why undermine would you him? Lose those feelings. Those feelings are important. You know what? That's a good point. And this is how. You, this is why we shouldn't talk about time travel because right. a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm going to go back and make sure I had more snacks yesterday," or like whatever. And you're like, "Yeah, but you don't know." Like, do the trade-off of the way you could screw that up? Is there anybody? Well, don't, don't ask her because she's busy. Is well, there anybody? What you're, what you're yeah. angry at is as hmm. is as shaping of who you are as what you're happy with, right? So again, the shaping of who you are is. Oh, what, well, what, hang on. Let me let me ask my mom what she needs. What do you need, mom? What do I need? Yeah. Nothing. Oh, you just came to stand in the doorway and just to just. She, show your appreciation. Here. She's welcome here anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I hope she knows that. Uh, Mer- Merlin and I will be done in a little bit, and then in, you and I can go ice skating or whatever. All right. Tell her I said bye. Bye. Merlin says bye. Uh, yeah. So I, think I really that, like her. I think I think that having Napoleon in her family's uh, backstory, you I could think screw that, up a lot of stuff by killing yeah. Napoleon. Well, that's the thing. Without him, how would well, they? How would we say you've reached that point where you know you're being defeated? Or they like how with Abba, when Abba appeared at, uh, you know, at the, what's it called, the European Sound Fest, when they first appeared and sang that song, what would they sing? Would they sing Mamma Mia instead of Waterloo? Right. Would, I mean, well, the whole, the oh, whole God, Louisiana I Purchase, it. right? I mean, what, what would Lewis and Clark be doing? I mean, my, you know, my mom's people were already in Ohio at that point. Yes. They already had strong feelings. I don't, <sighs> I don't want to deprive them of that. God, that's, but, you know what? That's a big hearted way to think about it. Well, as a as a potential time traveler and animal talker, I mean, if you think about the most noble creature <laughs> on Earth, okay, <laughs> it's it's Charlize Theron. But if you think about the oh, most, God. she, is, if she puts all of, horses to shame. She's so put, she's so, and just look at her, look at her withers. She's so majestic. The most noble. What about Margot Robbie? You think Margot Robbie? She's kind of she's kind of like the uh, the Charlize Theron at Avignon. If I could talk to her. Uh-huh. If I could talk to Margot Robbie. <laughs> I would. If I could talk to her, I would. <laughs> okay. Okay. Even, okay. Okay. You know, even talking she knows how, to I bet the, she knows how to go down or around. Oh, stop it now. No, you know That's, what I mean. Like, you know, an Australian way. Oh, Ralph, down under. Oh, God. Okay. That's it. That's, this is, we're done. <laughs> Did find a pretty good bear on a motorcycle. <laughs>